Hello everyone. Hope you all are doing well. Um, I am in a pretty good headspace right now. I, which is kind of shocking to me. I don't really know why. Anyway, um, we're back. We're back with another episode. And today, I'm not even sure how long it'll be because like, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna talk and see what happens, which is what I've been doing for the past few episodes. Um, Cause usually I used to write things out and I feel like for certain ones I would, but I don't know, I, we're just gonna go with it because I didn't write anything out for this. Um, it's, it's, been in, it's been a decent time, you know, this past week or so that I haven't, in which I haven't talked to you all. Um, I am doing the free two-week trial thing on ClassPass, um, which I highly recommend if you haven't because basically, like, I work out generally, I run a lot, um, but this gives you the opportunity to try, like, other workout classes that you probably wouldn't normally try because it is really expensive to pay per class. Um, so this gives you, they give you, like, a certain amount of credits that you can use and I tried Pilates Reformer for the first time last week, um, which I had been on the machine before because I worked at a gym that's below my apartment and we had to like know, kind of be familiar with how the machine is. Um, but I'd never done like an actual Pilates Reformer class. So this killed me. It was, it was so exhausting but it was so great like I love a good workout where you're really sweating it out and I definitely was sweating a lot um I was very very sore for a few days um in areas that I hadn't been before because you know how like you can be super fit or in shape in one respect but you're using a different part of your body if you do like a different workout so naturally you're gonna be sore I'm sorry again for the traffic outside. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so that was really fun. And then I did, I tried bar for the first time on Monday. And that was really fun as well. Also challenging, but not as challenging as Pilates Reformer was. Um, and then I'm also doing classes that I you know, of things that I've already done. So I have a couple of yoga classes scheduled. I have a soul cycle class scheduled, which I've been to spin classes before at the handlebar, but I've never been to soul cycle specifically um, because I'm not going to pay the soul cycle price. Um, so because I saw that this was free on class pass with the credits that I have, I decided, okay, this is my chance to check it out, see what it's all about because I really do like handlebar. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'll let you all know, or I can if you want me to do so. Um, yeah, it's been great hanging with friends. It was a long weekend, which, I mean, right now for me, as I'm applying to jobs and stuff, basically every moment of my life is in some respects a long weekend. So it didn't really make that much of a difference. But I guess it did in a way that people were more people were freer because people didn't have work on Monday, whatever, you get it. Um, regardless, we're gonna hop right into this episode. And today, I just want to talk about the concept of activism and how 
everyone can partake in it. Um, like the title of this episode is going to be Activism is for Everyone, which is something that I truly, truly, truly believe. And I think that we all can be activists in our own right and should feel empowered to do so. Um, and anyone can be an organizer. And honestly, anyone can be anything. Like you should never feel like you are not capable of pursuing whatever you want to pursue or not capable of a career that you didn't pursue because you definitely are. It's just a matter of what you wanted to do, like what your heart told you that you wanted to do and the resources that were at your disposal. And some people, obviously we know this, some people just have more resources at their disposal and have better connections and whatever else, but that doesn't make you any less capable. Um, so today I'm going to be talking specifically about activism and organizing and kind of just my perspectives on it and my experiences with it. Um, I, I always knew like before going into college, even like undergrad, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in policy and like public policy in that realm. Um, so and I was just always really passionate about like social justice and what was happening politically and things like that. Um, but that being said, I got a little bit of a taste of organizing, you know, before going to college through being on my county's public health advisory board, being on my county's youth commission, um, through which we were able to support certain initiatives within our community and learn about like different social inequity, social justice issues. Um, the first time that I was really exposed to the concept of adverse childhood experiences, um, or at least put a, a name to it. Like obviously we all know conceptually that these things exist, but putting like a name to it and knowing that there was a whole, whole entire study on that concept um, really happened for me in high school. And it really resonated with me just because of the idea of privilege and how it's not it's very nuanced like it's not it's not you know like oh this person has this so they're gonna get this type situation like it, it it's intersectional it depends on what your identities are it depends on your upbringing it depends on your health it depends on just your where you're living like everything which also is tied back to identities and systems you get you get the gist. Um, I know that those of you listening to this probably do get the gist, and I literally talk about this all the time, and I will talk about this in any space. Like, I'll be the person bringing up the deepest things and the most, like, socially, social justice, like, political things, like, on the club floor. Like, I don't really care because I truly think that these issues permeate all aspects of our lives which is like the first thing that I want to address is that the reason why I believe activism is for everyone is because we're all consumers in this world and given the stipulation that no ethical consumption exists under capitalism and we live in a capitalist world there are ways when you can be more mindful of what you're consuming. And so I think, you know, that being said, 
it's it's an everyday practice. It's in you know what you eat, the music to which you listen, the books you read, things like that. And so, you know, people. I I'll probably do a whole separate episode on this, but people always talk about the concept of like separating the art from the artist, which I personally do not think that you can do. And you know, it's disappointing because there are artists where like I have. If we're talking about music, for example, there are artists where I love their music, but then who they are as a person and what they're doing with the resources that are available to them because of us consuming their content um, is like when they're harmful and hateful and all those different things, I'm going to stop listening to them. And yeah, that's unfortunate, but I truly believe that for every problematic artist, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of artists who are just as good, if not better, who aren't, right? Um, I think this is a hard thing to accept and grasp, but we really have to remember that like these people are benefiting from our consumption of their content, whatever that may be. Um, and again, it doesn't have to just be music, like it could be TV shows, movies, books, things like that. Like I'm, I try to be as critical as possible um, when I'm choosing books to read. And I usually prioritize reading books by women of color or just authors of color in general, um, queer authors, disabled authors, anything like any marginalized group, just because those are the people I want to uplift. And honestly, it's not even that like those are the stories that we all need to hear like we all know what the norm is we all know what the straight white man is gonna say so it goes beyond that um how are we gonna push ourselves how are we gonna make sure that we stay uncomfortable um so i think that you know if you want to start anywhere with activism start on what you consume um, focus on where you're buying your clothes and your products. Focus on, again, the things that you're absorbing. And trust me, when that happens, you'll learn so much more. I truly feel like when you understand the world for what it is, when you are deeply and acutely aware of the history of this world, the history of the United States, for example, the injustices that have occurred, um, it's really hard to unsee that and not view things in that way, like things that other people think, view, you know, like trivially or think that they're, they're just fun things. Um, which, yes, like I love having fun. I am a huge proponent of that. I want to have as much fun as possible in my life. But... I just can't separate the two. Like, I can't separate... I can't just go somewhere and be like, oh, I'm just going to ignore XYZ factor because I'm having... I just want to have a good time. Like, it's really hard for me to do that. And even if I am in those situations, I will first and foremostly acknowledge, you know, why the nuance behind it or the issues that exist. Um, and that doesn't mean... I'm not saying this to say that I'm better than anyone or worse than anyone or anything like that. I just, it's just really hard to unsee it. Once you're aware of like the systems that are at play, once you're aware of how systems are designed and for whom, 
you can't unsee it. Um, and yes, in a lot of ways, this does make life draining and this does, does like make life exhausting. And this does result in situations where you just can't enjoy yourself as much. 100%. I totally agree. And I struggle with that on a daily basis. You know, that, that, that line between we're only on this planet for so long and I want to make the most of every single day of my life and have fun and do whatever I want to do and go wherever I want to go and travel wherever I want to travel. Um, and then the other side of it of like, what responsibilities do I have to my, to my world and my society? What, and what points do I want to prove and what purpose do I have that is larger than myself? Um, I urge you all to think about these things and that doesn't mean you have to make like huge lifestyle changes, but I guess this also just gives you a peek into what goes on in my own mind. Um, and you know, if you ever, if you don't understand, uh, an opinion that I have or a decision that I make, this is, this is where it comes from. Um, this is the stem of it. And like I said, it, my own mind does exhaust me. Um, but that's because I know that my heart is big and I know that I care and in some ways I can find like reassurance in that. So that's the first thing is like what you're consuming, where you're going, all of that. Um, and in that way, if you are conscious and cognizant of what you're doing in those respects, you are an activist through and through. Like don't think that you're not, you know? Um, then there's the more, you know, distinct activist type things that like if you if you were to picture an activist like you know you you picture them like at the protest with the signs and the the megaphones and doing all the stuff right um and I think that this space I have a lot of opinions on this space and just how organizing goes oh my god so sorry again for the loud traffic outside um, okay, uh, sorry, I'm just, like, looking at the traffic outside my window, and I'm like, please be quiet, and it's loud at any point, like, I could film this at midnight, and it would still be loud, so, just so you know, um, regardless of that, I have a lot of opinions on this, because I think that people label themselves as activists and organizers, which they most certainly are, but also think that others aren't qualified to to acquire that role as well and like shut people out of that space um when honestly like if you want to organize a protest you do it if you want to create some sort of working group like you go ahead and do it and it doesn't matter how large or small it is like you can do it in your workplace you can do it um in your town or your city or whatever it is like we all have communities in which we take part and if each of us, you know, took a little bit of that responsibility and believed in ourselves, I think a lot of it is like, oh, I could never do that. But you definitely can. If we all took that moment and did a little bit, did our piece, imagine like the, the astronomical amount of change that could occur, right? Um, and I don't, Again, like, I don't want anyone to feel like they don't have the power to do that because I think that there's a lot of exclusivity in this world. It doesn't matter um, who you are, what career you're in, whether you're progressive or not. People will exclude you 
and shut you out. And I wanted to read, there's this tweet that I, well, tweeted um, a little bit ago and I stand by it. Like I've thought about this for years and years and years and it's, I feel so strongly about it. So I'm just going to read it out now. But basically there was a trend going around on Twitter that was like, um, I think it's the guy from, I haven't seen Tangled, but I think it's the guy from Tangled and he has a bunch of like swords pointed at him. And then it's like, what's your, what's your, like, what will have someone like attacking you, blah, 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 whatever. So this one is leftist, what's your leftist opinion that will have leftist, leftisting at you, like this leftistly on the leftist compound. Okay, whatever. You get the point. Um, that was a lot. And so I quoted the tweet and I said, I've come across leftists who are some of the most exclusive people I know. They aren't welcoming to people who don't know complex jargon or theory and choose to publicly ostracize them instead of creating space for them to join the movement. This is harmful in my opinion. So I've talked about this with a lot of people and I think a lot of people feel this way. And for anyone who's out there who's listening, who considers themselves an organizer of any sort and you know, maybe you do, you are, you do know more, like you have more book smarts, like you, you've read the Communist Manifesto, you've read like all these different things. I don't know. Um, I just think that people love to tweet things or say things in person or write things out that make no sense, that are, the language is so incredibly inaccessible. And if you don't get it, then you feel shut out. You feel like you don't know enough to enact change. And it's it's scary to see how many people are like that. Like how many people will label you as someone who isn't progressive enough, someone who isn't passionate enough, just because you don't know anything about Marx. Like just because you don't know anything about so-and-so or or this specific moment in history or this law or this whatever. Like that's not, first of all, that's like blaming the individual and we're focusing on collective, on a collective movement when we're focusing on tackling an entire system. Um, I think, you know, we have to look, part of the thing that we're trying to fix is like education, right? And like in education, they're not going to teach you a lot of this stuff. So where else are you supposed to learn it? Not everyone knows that they're supposed to Google these things or read these books. Like, if you're not told to do that, then how would you even know? Um, so I think everyone needs to chill out in that regard. Um, and I think more people are catching on to that vibe of, like, you're not being accessible. Just because you tweet about inaccessibility and you use all of this, like, language that no one even really knows what you're saying, but it just makes it seem like you know more than they do, you're you're really just reinforcing the point. Um and there are so many leftists out there who are very, very, very inaccessible people. And it's just sad to see because this is, again, this is a collective movement. The things that we're trying to do take everyone. Like we're trying to build communities here, um, not tear each other down. Um, so what I said in the next tweet, like I did a little thread, the next tweet, I said, people love playing woke Olympics, in quotes, instead of actually putting any effort into cultivating an inclusive space for people who genuinely want to learn but are terrified 
terrified of approaching them in fear of being quote-unquote canceled um so this is basically what i was just saying just because you know more than someone else just because you claim to be woke or you show like certain amount of wokeness whatever you want to call it um that doesn't mean that you actually are and that doesn't mean that you're the best person for the job quite frankly and that doesn't mean that people are going to feel comfortable approaching you and joining your specific movement um we need to be warm we need to be welcoming in a world that is so cold and so just we're fighting against people who who their goal is to shut people out. So why would we do that as well? Why are you reinforcing that sort of thing? Like, that's why I'm here saying, I want to empower everyone and implore everyone who's listening to this, regardless of the experiences if you had, the, the experiences you've had, the, the job that you work or don't work, the, the things that you're studying, whatever your passions are, you all are capable of being a part of something larger than yourself. You all are welcome into all of these spaces and you should feel like you are. And if you're not, let me know because you're always welcome into any space that I create or cultivate. Um, the last tweet I said was, or wrote was, it's okay to have faith in people. I'm not perfect, but I believe I've had a greater impact in my community by being accessible and meeting every situation with kindness and love and authentic accountability rather than misplaced anger. Um, I truly stand by this. I really, really, really value, again, inclusive spaces. And that goes beyond, you know, the, the, the DEI type of inclusion that we all know. It's more just like, Someone may not know as much. This may be their first action. This may be their first experience. They might not be even fully on board, but the goal is to get them on board, right? The goal is to create as large of a community as possible and to make feel people feel like they belong. And I'm not saying that means you have to entertain someone who is cruel and racist and violent. I'm not saying that at all. Please, please, please protect your peace. But it's like, you know, when, like, if we talk about abolition, for example, I fully believe in abolition. I am an abolitionist, but I know that there are a lot of people out there who aren't. There are a lot of people out there who are wary of it and who are afraid of approaching the idea, addressing the idea. And I'm going to say, too, like, I don't have it all figured out. And there are questions that I have as well, even though I know that I want to be on board with this concept, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to shut those people out. That it's it's more that's an invitation to invite them in to my space to hear their concerns and their perspectives. Like that's how we learn, that's how we grow, and that's how we win. Um it's it's just so interesting to me how many people don't understand that. And these people are seen and viewed as like leaders in their communities. These people are the people who are running for office, these people are the people who are bullies like they're bullies they bully people online they they're quick to cancel they're quick to scapegoat whatever it may be and it's 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 just mean it's just mean and oh my gosh I could get so heated about it I already have probably well I feel like I have you probably feel like I have as a listener but it's just too much it's just too much um I think you know, that being said, 
I feel like social media has been a good, possibly great at times tool in this regard, an interesting tool, because people all across the board, you know, if like have access to social media, like whether, whether they're interested in whatever topic or not. And so it's inevitable when that you're going to see and learn things from like what's happening online. And that's why I think that, you know, in in some ways, like there's obviously like the Instagram infographic complex, right? And there's all these tweets and whatever. Um, but at the same time, like I think a lot of people find out their news that way. I think a lot of people find out how to get involved that way. And, you know, speaking from experience, like personally, I've worked on a lot of, I've worked on campaigns. I've done a lot of voter turnout work and it's very instrumental in getting people out the door and to the polls. Um, in undergrad, we, we meaning, you know, me and like several others who are working on campaigns and the coalition that we had formed, um, we increased voter turnout in the midterm election by over a hundred percent in our area. And a lot of those folks didn't even know that elections were happening when we talked to them. Um, a lot of people found stuff out because we took the time to include them in our spaces, whether they disagreed with us or not, you know? And, and we got people on board. We got people to agree. We got people to vote for the initiatives and the candidates we wanted, right? Um, and those people, the people I worked with then, there are, you know, shout out to all those people, you know who you are, you're some of the best people I know. And I say that because you are willing to include whoever it is like in your space, you're willing to empower anyone to be an activist and an organizer and to get in whatever get into whatever advocacy um initiative that they they want um and that is what is gonna that's what helps us win like i was just saying um so it's really important to use like every avenue and i do think that you know people people judge for those who do a lot of their organizing and stuff online um and i think like i just said with with my tweets i think there's a very toxic way to do that and you know that type of like inaccessible jargon and language and theoretical stuff that people use that ostracizes people and shuts them out is very different but i but you know in this digital era it is a full-time job to be organizing online and to create be creating coalitions online um to be promoting events and protests and things like that online um so don't knock it till you try it um if that's the way that in which you feel comfortable partaking right now so be it um i fully support you and that's only gonna that's only gonna help you get involved in other things right um overall i just want to say that activism and organizing and these movements are all within your purview um 
never feel like you don't know enough to partake or to to start a movement yourself. Um, change makers, I've talked about this before, but the change makers we know in our world went against the grain. They they did things and pulled themselves into these spaces knowing that they weren't necessarily welcome there or people didn't believe in their capabilities or their intelligence or whatever else, right? So if you want to get involved, like, go ahead and do it. Like, there's nothing that should be stopping you. Of course, a lot of things are, right? Because we live in this world, which again, can be cold and and exclusive. But don't let yourself make that excuse for you you know what I mean like don't use that as an excuse um I just I want everyone to feel like they can be someone who changes the world I think that we all do every day just a little bit um because again we all have you know our our local groups and communities in which we're involved we all have our people and you're making a difference at least in their lives um and this this only grows um so do what you can in your own spaces build those relationships and one connection leads to another and then suddenly amazing things amazing and beautiful things can happen um it's it's definitely challenging it's definitely exhausting and like i said a lot of these on a larger scale, like obviously a lot of these organizing activist roles are like full-time jobs, right? And deserve con compensation. Um, I almost said constipation, which I don't know why, but whatever. They deserve compensation. But again, it starts with yourself. Like it starts with what you're consuming. It starts with your day-to-day -day living. It starts with the conversations that you have with your friends. Um, because, you know, like, you're not going to only talk about service level things with your friends. I'm sure that you all have had conversations with your friends about, you know, things happening at work, things happening in your town or city, things happening in your personal lives. And those all relate to, like, a greater systemic issue, most likely, right? Um, so start there and just know that those little conversations are making a world, a world of difference. If you have any questions related to this topic or want me to talk about anything specifically more like in future episodes, please let me know um, because this is something that is really close to my heart and something that I pursue both in my personal and professional life. Um, and I'm here to call you all into that space and I'm here for you all in general. So please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, leave a comment on Instagram, whatever you want. DM me. It doesn't matter. Um, I look forward to having these conversations more. And especially, again, as I start to get guests on here as the t as and when the time comes, um, I want to talk to them all about like their own activism journeys and the specific topics that about which they're passionate, um, which is another thing, too, like you don't have to focus on everything just choose what you care about the most and it'll all come fall into place from there so yeah definitely let me know um 
and I'm proud of myself for covering that in like less than 30 minutes, which is cool. Um, one thing, we'll get right into, you know, something that brought me a lot of joy and love this week. Um, I honestly met a lot of new people over the weekend and I'm really grateful to my friends who brought me into those spaces because I think, again, like being in certain areas, especially being in a very individualist place like Boston, um, it people are kind of anti-building communities, building community, I guess. So to be in a space where everyone's excited and happy that you're there, like genuinely excited to see you is so fun. And yeah, I met a lot of great people this weekend. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this book that I finished. Um, and I really loved it. Like at first I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. But um, it's been kind of trending recently. It's the book Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. And I thought it was beautifully done. Um, the format is a little, it's very unique, like the way that it's laid out and the way that it's organized, but I almost liked it. Like I liked how it wasn't as rigid, um, in the way that like things, everything fell together so smoothly, even though it wasn't like organized in that sense. Regardless, I thought it was a fantastic book and kind of shed light on a lot of communities and issues that we don't necessarily um, think about all the time. So I highly recommend it. And a lot of the messaging in there, like there were a lot of themes in there, like larger, larger themes than like the main themes itself of the book. Like there were, there were so many like underlying messages about whether it was about, um, I don't know, like womanhood or or food, traditional foods or things like that. I don't know. It was just, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And it also kind of tests like the moral, it pulls at your moral, like, like your moral, like your values and your morals and like those, the boundaries that you have with that. Um, it kind of makes you question things a little, like disrupts your rigidity that you have in your own mind of like what is right and what is wrong and realizing that there's so much gray within there um so I thought it was really good definitely check out that book and then I in terms of a song suggestion I was thinking and I realized that I haven't even talked about my favorite band artist on here um which is wild considering that there have been so many podcast episodes so far but if you didn't know, which I'm sure that if you know me personally, you probably know this. My favorite band, like group, artist, whatever you want to call it, is Bon Iver. Um, and um, they have been for a long, long, long time. The front man of the group is Justin Vernon. His voice is stunning. That's the only way I can describe it. And it's really sweet because um, I saw them live with my mom actually and the way it happened was kind of funny so I had booked or I had bought tickets to um go to the Louis Capaldi concert in this was when I was in Minneapolis um this was like senior year of college undergrad 
and I bought tickets to the Louis Capaldi concert, but that same night is when Boney Bear was coming, but I already gotten tickets to Louis Capaldi, so I was like, oh my god, like, what am I gonna do? And very fortunately, my dad, his company is headquartered in North Carolina, and he had a place there at the time, so I looked to see if they were performing in North Carolina, and they were um, at PNC, so I booked tickets, um, like, my mom, brother, and I went to North Carolina for a weekend, and then that Saturday night, my mom and I went to the Bon Iver concert, so I was able to make it happen, I was able to say, see Louis Capaldi as well, and it was fantastic. Uh, nothing will ever top, obviously, seeing, like, your favorite artist or group perform live, um, and it was just, it was just amazing. And that being said, in terms of a specific song, it's so hard because I love all of them. Like, I don't really know if I could specifically choose one. My favorite album in general is Forever, For Emma, Forever Ago. Um, just like generally, and then also of all of the, all of Bon Iver's discography as it is. Um, I love a few songs I'll name, I guess. Um, I love The Wolves. I, it's such a beautiful song, like, it's so healing, but also so sad at the same time, um, and then Blood Bank, I love that, I think it's so, a lot of the lyrics in it are so, like, adorable, um, and just sweet, um, I love the song We off of their most recent album, and, oh my god, there's just so many, like, I can't even... Just go listen to Bon Iver. Listen to the entire discography is what I'm saying. Um, and you will not be sorry. I obviously like it. They fit like a certain kind of energy or vibe. Like I wouldn't say every day is a Bon Iver day just because a lot of it is deeper, more emotional or very like, like it's, it, it gives like fall, winter, woodsy vibes. Um, and I listen to a lot of different genres and a lot of different artists, so I wouldn't say that, like, Bon Iver specifically encapsulates my music taste completely, and I'm sure you can see that from the other song suggestions that I've given in previous podcasts, but that being said, I think that if you really need to be grounded, and if you just want to listen to beautiful music, Bon Iver is the way to go. So that's where I'll end things for today. Um, thank you all so much for listening and coming back every week. Please catch up on my previous podcast episodes too. Um, I'll see you all next week and I am sending you all lots and lots of love. Have a great week ahead.